Traveling through space can sometimes feel like a dream. The miasma of nebulas, stars, and truly massive expanses of nothing can weigh heavily on a human mind. Between spacewalks and bulkheads, the astronauts of the DSS-1 have been away from solid ground for over 40 years. Now they plan for their first landfall ever, an undertaking not designed into the ship's structure. Contingency plans for an emergency landing were thought of by the Sahara Science Division and spearheaded by one Dr. White, a man who had just lost his only child to cancer and whose headspace could not have been altogether sound. It was for this reason that every attempt to utilize the patented landing foam had resulted in catastrophic explosions of the prototype ships, and a woefully over-budget Sahara had opted for a space-only vessel, whose final descent would have to be made into a suitable body of water. Now 30-odd light-years from Earth, a haggard DSS-1 crew has to deal with the fact that they cannot safely land anywhere if they ever plan to return home. Rune Carlson, of all people, has offered an unorthodox alternative, using the landing foam not on the ship, but on a dropping landing team. The team could exit the ship and make it to the ground alive and unharmed. The only problem left is how they will get back up. The whole crew plus Lorena is gathered in the meeting room going over final checks and briefings for the landing as the ship approaches the planet. You have not yet received atmospheric data. Someone start talking. <laughs> you can't make me. Mm. This is a podcast, damn it. <laughs> We're recording right now. <laughs> We're doing it right uh, now. I'll take my baseball and go home. <laughs> First thing that comes to your mind. Come on. Yes, and. Yes, and. Go, go, go. Well, Lorena, is there uh, anything we should know about this uh, base coming we're coming uh, into contact with uh i am not really that familiar with it i combed through propaganda and imperial data files that i had um stored up and to just see this seemed like a likely spot for an outpost the scans from far away that your android did seems to confirm that as well but we don't know much about it. I'd be really interested to see uh, what kind of equipment that the this outpost might have. Um, I'd like to see if we could find some things to make some uh, repairs to the ship or some modifications. Uh, obviously, the uh, the thought of landing is weighing heavily on us. Perhaps we can find something to add to our ship to uh, jerry-rig, if you will, uh, some landing gear onto our ship after our uh, inspection of the facility. Yeah, i also like to find a way to incorporate the stealth generator that we helped save Annie U into maybe our ship to avoid detection since we basically have minimal weaponry and defenses. Um, you know, I'm sure it would do well to help us get to this... Um, Raise of the end outpost that you want to travel to. Well, we don't have to travel. I mean, we're here. No, I mean, I mean the like far off destination, like the end. We have mystery coordinates. Yeah, yeah. You have a rendezvous with something. 
Yeah. To, like, help us get to the mystery coordinates. Lorena says, well, I would be happy to, you know, as soon as we've dropped off the, the prototype uh, here with the berets, help you start to build your own. Um, something that obviously is not reactive to the deuterium in your fuel. Otherwise, you'll very quickly shoot yourselves in the foot. Right. And also maybe something that's like invisible to sound to try to help, you know, work out those detection. Yeah, well, kinks. I'm not a miracle miracle worker. It's been my life's work uh, making the one that I had. So, well, we can work together and create the perfect stealth generator to where we will disappear into the cosmos. But I guess, I guess, speaking on that, um, um. You were apparently on the run, you said? Uh, what's what's that about? Right. So, I, I'm from a colony world. A lot of us Imperials are. And I was kind of recruited into science. I, I, I wanted to follow in my mom's footsteps. She's... Fantastic ecologist, but you know, funding through the empire is kind of hard to come by unless you're building military equipment. So, you know, in an effort to pursue my life's work, I kind of made some compromises and, uh, chose to chose to work on military equipment so that I could actually work on what I wanted to um but I never really felt good about it and then this prototype was way more successful than I thought it would be and suddenly I felt like the applications of it were going to be pretty disastrous so I took it and I ran. There's not a lot of a, uh, security on Adonis Beta, so I was able to slip away pretty quick. But I know they're after me now. Well, I guess they're after us because you're now part of our space crew. Y'all, we recruited an alien. Well, oh, excuse me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a passenger for now. Not, not to, you know, you guys seem great, but. For one thing, the ship is pretty cramped. Yeah. I can't imagine spending a long term here. Wow. Immediately rejected by our first successful recruitment of Space Life, y'all. Can you tell us anything about the political uh, climate here in uh, this sector of space? Obviously, we're very new to the area. Any information regarding this? Uh, what did we? What did you describe them as? Is these Imperials? Sounds like they might not be the best uh, leaders of this this section of space. Well, uh, the Empire itself provides stability um, to the lar the large larger galaxy. This particular zone of space, um, Imperials call, or I guess my people call, the Garen Zone is run by a a magister. He's kind of uh he's got like 
powers. Powers? Yeah. Sort of like mutant abilities um, that's been with him since birth. And because of that, he's been promoted to uh, high office control over this zone. Um, but people here aren't especially uh, thrilled about being subjugated, especially the Jagger, who have just lost their homeworld um, elsewhere and, and resettled here, and then were told that they had to bend a knee to Ordeus. So His name's yeah, Ordeus? I'm sorry. Yes. That sounds evil. It's not his full t- title. Um, his full name is Thai Magister Calum Carius Ordeus. Wow, that has... Is it just me or does this empire have, like, surprisingly Roman roots? Is it just me? It sounds super Roman. I don't know. Maybe these are ancestors, y'all. I mean, it'd be the first that I knew about any uh, humans making it this far out into space. As far as I'm aware, we're the first people to make it out, out into this area. Yeah, your captain's right. I don't know... I've never met your kind before. I mean, I'll admit, scientifically speaking, there are some similarities between us uh, physiologically and culturally. But, yeah, I think that's where the similarities end. Yeah, I think I think that I personally would just like to believe that we were just seedbeds of this space civilization... And not little particles floating around in space. I don't know. Either way. You and I are both scientists, I gather. So what you have there is a theory. If you can come with some facts, you can start to establish a hypothesis. That's exactly what I expect to do on this journey. But I guess since you are forming a resistance and they already seem to be galactic tired somebody else's i'm just i want them to get i want to get them this stealth technology in their hands because i i feel like they have a better a better approach than the rest of the imperials to relations with other alien species kind of more of a cooperative rather than subjugative but that's all i can keep telling you about this stuff we should we should start to head down to the planet huh yeah okay i'm sorry we just didn't have much time to talk when we were escaping element eating space bats you know near death singularities so i was just really curious i get that you're you're curious you're new here uh you know, I'd be happy to answer all the questions, but we can do that at the same time as we're um, handing off this technology to the berets. Agreed. You all return to the cockpit. And uh, Android is waiting for you there. 
and says, I have the atmospheric data for you if you are ready, Captain. Uh, proceed. It looks like this storm, the planet is heavily impacted by storms. There's a rotation of them, and they mostly coincide with the day and night cycle on this planet. But when there are, when the storms are active, it is very intense electrical and dust storms. I have not been able to get communication down to the outpost or receive any response from anyone on the surface. So if you're going to meet these people, you'll have to do it on foot. Okay. Well, uh, Rune, what is our uh, landing situation looking like? Really, we should just be able to use the landing pads to basically jump ship. You ever been skydiving, Captain? The last time that I was uh, free falling um, was on a, not the maiden voyage, but on a test flight of the prototype of this very ship. Uh, We had a catastrophic system um, failure and our uh, wing flight adjustment system got ripped off the ship and I got sucked out of the plane. (gasps) So that was the last time I went free falling. Not exactly uh, what I would like to uh, do again, if I can help it. I... Yeah, that's horrifying. How uh, long of a drop will it be from the ship? I will attempt to... Since, well, you are all doing the landing. I will attempt to fly a low-altitude run across a high peak on the planet as close to the outpost as possible. It should be no more than 300 meters, but the landing foam is rated to protect for twice that distance. So you should, you should be safe. If we used it on the ship, it would explode, but you're small enough. Well, I guess we all got to get uncomfortable eventually. If I learned how to fly this thing, you can learn how to jump out of it. And if I got dragged across space, Jules. I'm not not sure if I like that kind of sass. <laughs> I think we can we can we can manage this. But I won't be tricked into be calling some sort of weak little wussy wuss over here. Never. So I'm gonna jump. But I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> I want you to know that. I will make a note on the official record. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get ready, I guess. Let's. And uh, she she taps like a um, a button on like the neck of her like uniform and just kind of like a, a little sheen of electricity kind of shoots over her face. She says, That's I'm cool. ready when you are. That's cool. I want one of those. If I could make one in your size, I, I would give you one. I'm going to hold you to it. You are obviously equipped for the situation, but anything can happen while you're dropping out of a, of a moving uh, ship into a, a stormy planet where you've never been before. So was there anything that you guys wanted to do as far as like family moves before we zoom in? 
Um, we talked about the the weather. Um, could we tool up our suits any more than they already are? Um, I yeah, yeah. You've got if you've got um, tech you can spend, then you can you we can go have... ahead and tool up with whatever. Did we spend the rest of our tech last time? You picked up that thing on. But we picked out up of the that pod. thing. Yeah, out of the pod. So we should have plus one tech right now. But that's the only thing that I can think of because we've used everything else for other miscellaneous tools that we've built to fix things. So, how many of those rifles do we have left? I think you still have like one case of them. One case. So okay. that would be like five. I was just gonna make sure we had at least I had grabbed one for the landing. I don't know if we were gonna be able to tool those up at all just to get it ready. I mean, I'm totally prepared to just jump. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Never all right. mind. Let's, let's just go. get after it. All right. Let's but go. Are we bringing rifles or are we leaving them? Yes. I think we should. Okay. I think we should too. All right. Okay. Rune's a crack shot. Anyways, we got to get see that popping off again. Okay, so we're going to start with uh, Forge a Path. When you find your way across precarious or dangerous terrain, roll plus force. And I will say, who is who is initiating this jump? I'll go first. Yuan, Yuan wants to go first. Okay. Yeah. So you are going to make the Forge a Path roll. Everyone else is going to be following you out of the ship. All right. I'm sorry, I've always wanted to be the first human to land on a planet. So, I, so I'm going to do this. This is one small step for the crew and a huge leap for mankind. Let's do this. And... Okay, I rolled a nine... So you're going to make it to your destination, but you get to you have to pick two. You're exposed to danger as you travel. The route you took is lost. You can't take gear or other characters with you. You take a lot longer than you expected. I guess taking a lot longer than expected. All right. Well, then you won't be the first one down. <laughs> so that's one. You have to pick a second one. Wait, does that mean like all of us or like just nope. specifically me? Just specifically you. Oh, okay. We're, I mean, we're already exposed to danger as we travel, so I might as well just tack that one. All right. So, you leap out of a flying ship. You jump out first, quickly followed by uh, Samson, Rune, and uh, Lorena in no particular order. The, the others seem to kind of catch a good descent. You, however, have have been, like, swept up in an updraft. And ah! um, while you see the others kind of heading towards the ground, uh, you are being thrown in um, another direction. And so we, we see first, we see uh, Rune deploys the foam 
So uh, they th- or you throw this uh, canister down at the ground below you, and uh, it hits and explodes and quickly expands out to like pillow the ground beneath you um, in this just like quickly rising gelatinous foam. And uh, then, you know, Rune, like, you know, hits into it, uh, kind of just like hitting Jello. You just hit it and slowly sink in. Um, and Samson and Lorena do the same. Yuhuan ah! misses the target entirely, and you hit a ridge uh, just past the landing site, um, and you're going to take two harm. Ooh. Damn. Ooh. Oh my god. Ooh, that sounds like I should be unconscious. Am I okay? I mean, it's a character choice. If you were if you want to be unconscious, you can be unconscious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I ooh, I took two harm and hit a thing. Yeah. 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 What does it say? What does your harm say? Uh says I'm overwhelmed. Okay, so, and in all of that excitement from being thrown around and pretty sure that I'm going to splatter, um, so if, um, <clears throat> Yuhan gets kind of, like, lightheaded and dizzy headache from, you know, the whole impact. So, Yuhan is out and... Um, Sleep on G just kind of like wakes, just kind of like takes um, their place in the whole situation. That is, that's, that works for me. All right. Um, so for, for those of you who are not freaking the literal fuck out right now, um, you, you kind of like pull yourselves out of the foam. It kind of sloughs off of you. Like it doesn't stick or anything. Um, and you kind of like step down out of the landing zone and in onto the planet's surface. The wind kicks up around you and sends dust particles into all the nooks and crannies of your uniforms. The landing site is a barren plateau which descends into a valley, canyon walls erupting on both sides. There is sparse vegetation here with small insects and rodents hardened and adapted to life on this harsh rock skidding or, skittering around cautiously. The withered air leaves a coarse and sandy taste in your mouths, even through the suit's filtration equipment. As you strike out towards the outpost across uneven and craggy ground, you get a shiver on the spine, an unpleasant foreboding that you are being watched. And then, of course, you can go over and pick up, uh, pick up you, Juan. Holy shit, you, Juan. What uh, happened? Wow, um... That was interesting. Um, I don't know. I one second I was falling, and then the next second I seemed to be flying until I didn't quite stick my landing. <clears throat> uh, I seem to be all right though. Uh, just whacked my head a little bit. And during speaking, Soifunji just kind of does this thing where they're always like squeezing their palms and like trying to get used to their fleshiness Mm -hmm. but it's 
still always just seems kind of uncomfortable. Maroon, how was the landing? Nice job, by the way, with the foam. Uh, yeah, no problem. Looks like, uh, most of us made it. <laughs> Lorena says, interesting technology you have here, as she dusts herself off. Well, we can't be all fancy like you sometimes, you know? No, it's it's a compliment, truly. You're, uh, you're striking out on your, on your first space adventure. You're Frontiers people. You have to, you have to work with what you got. Right. Um, shall we? I guess we shall. All reports say that the outpost is that way. Due east. Through this valley. I'll follow behind you. And we go. What? (laughs) And you go. And we go. And who's leading the pack? Me. Uh, I will be. Oh. Oh, well. well, Samson. Who wants to? Samson. Um, yeah. Okay. Samson. Yeah, so there's a moment where, like, where, like, Rune goes to, like, start walking and and Samson just puts a shoulder, uh, a hand on her shoulder and says, no, no, no. (laughs) And steps in front. Uh, you kind of just, like, load your, your gun. Um, just, like, it, it kind of has, like, a pump. It's like, loads up that way. Uh, and you're going to make a wasteland survival roll. All right. Well, that is a seven. Okay. So on a hit, uh, pick one. You're going to lose something along the way. A member of your group is hurt or sick. An obstacle or threat is blocking your way back. I'm going to say an obstacle or threat is blocking our way back. You just made it future Samson's problem. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you know it? I have a thing prepared for that. I would have never thought. Yeah. So you get that. You've been walking now for about 10 minutes, um, kind of getting used to the the surface of this planet being somewhere new. Um, I mean, it's kind of underwhelming. You're just like, alien planet, alien planet. It's dust and, I don't know, some bugs. There's... A few, like, scrawny shrubs here and there. Not all that exciting. Um, Until you get that shiver kind of down your spine again. And um, you kind of, like, instinctively look up and behind you. A lone six-legged creature stands proudly atop the ridge overlooking your trail. Its back arched downward, its chest puffed, and its whip-like tail cracking and swishing behind it excitedly. From this distance and from the fading light crawling behind the ridge, it is hard to discern that when it, uh, what its face could look like, but it lets out an ear-splitting howl followed by a series of loud <coughs> clicks. It is an arpeggiated call starting from a low rumble to a high screech that your skin reflexively reacts to by giving you all goosebumps. After its howl comes the sound of others, returning the call in a chorus of terror. Three more of these creatures saunter their way up to you first, and then 
all but one of them leaps from the ridge down into the canyon behind you and starts to charge. There are three sets of hound legs carrying them swiftly towards you. Yeah, everybody, fuck this, run! I'm not fucking with that. Um, I'm going to fiercely assault the pack. Okay. I'm just going to start taking shots at them. Yeah, uh, Lorena's going to see them and say, Oh shit, Gauzex, <laughs> go! But you, but not before you attempt to shoot them. That is an 11. Oh, right. You choose two, and I choose one. So, avenue of escape is clear, and then you inflict terrible, uh, savage, terrifying harm, frightening and dismaying my foes. Okay. So, um, the avenue of escape is obvious. It's in front of you. Um, you know, they're behind you, chasing you. You got to keep going ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you do see the one that stayed up on the ridge is kind of like trying to make a beeline to get ahead of you. And uh, so you take aim at that one and fire a shot, not at it, but at the ridge just below it. Um, and uh, your shot kind of breaks the rock with this like... Um, you know, green lightning bolt and uh, this thing kind of falls out and out of sight uh, into the ridge and you hear like a like a bone crunching noise and a yelp. Oh, nice shot. Good to know the reflexes are still working. Well, these reflexes should have your legs moving because we need to be running. Yeah, Lorena's going to kind of um, look back to see you do this. And then grab grabs your arm and says, move. All right. So I guess we're going to start running yeah. away. For running our lives. Away. Running for your lives. We can run twice as high. <laughs> uh, do we need to do wasteland survival rolls as we're like trying to... Oh, no. This, this? Is a, this is a dangerous situation that needs to be de-escalated. I would assume. Okay. Uh, I'll do a diffusion roll. Okay. What are you using? What are you trying to do with it? Um, okay, so these creatures, it seems that they, like, communicate with sound based on their loud, gurgling, groans, terrifying things. I don't know... If it will work, but I wanted to see if, like, we could find a way to mimic the sound. Uh, so that sounds like fast talking or misdirection. So you'll roll yeah. plus sway. Okay. I want a six, even with my sway. All right. That was a, that was a fail. Sorry, that is a That is a fail. <laughs> <laughs> been a while since we've had a hard move like right. that. <laughs> it has but i'll go ahead and take it um all right so you you attempt to you stop once again to attempt to like mimic this thing's call uh to sort of confuse and disorient it um what you do instead is you you let out this like big shriek and um you hear 
the, the, the three are still, there's three still chasing you, but from kind of both sides of the ridge, you hear more calls. Uh, okay, I may have actually made everything worse. Yeah, there's um, now there's now four more, two on each side of the ridge that are kind of running above you, um, and and have joined the pursuit. So, hmm. yeah. Could I do a a move, like a like a, like a specific like a special move? What is what is it that you have in mind? It 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 would be it would be hold back the tide move which is uh when i roll plus steel on seven to nine pick one on a ten plus pick two with the options being no harm comes to the thing you defend you deflect blows raining down or you force the danger back and away all right and that is a a nine okay so that's a mixed success so i'm going to force the danger back and away all right there's no like there's no um uh sacrifices when you have a mixed success i it just says pick one. Oh, so on a 10 it. plus you'd pick when two you, well i would pick two okay yeah all right and then i guess you would get to write the narrative okay here's what happens you guys are running um for your lives effectively and you spot ahead of you a like steep decline probably pretty dangerous decline and i think rune has gotten past you at this point because you you did stop to make that shot earlier uh and and rune sees it also and like goes to pull to a stop um but you just like push her forward and everyone forward and then you slide down uh this decline just kind of like you know, on your butts, uh, gravel and, and rock just kind of flying in all directions. It hurts, but you're alive. And then when you get to the bottom of the, the ridge, you kind of turn and fire another shot at the ground below these things as they kind of crawl or climb down the decline. The ground gives out underneath them and they all start toppling head over heels uh, down in your direction. But... <laughs> Um, but, like, out of control. Cool. Well, now what? <laughs> I feel like Rune hasn't diffused. I was gonna say. I haven't diffused. Yeah, so far we've had a fail, a mixed success. Um, we haven't had a complete success yet, so... Rune, All right. if you'd like to give something a try. Honestly, I want to take... I'd really like to take the opportunity of all these little things being like tripping all over themselves and having a hard time to like try to just run away and get to the direction of the outpost that we're searching for. Okay. So you want to do, uh, that'd be, would that be endurance or quick action? Um, you could make a you can make a case for physical exertion or endurance. Okay, well, my steel and force are the same, so I'm just rolling plus one. Okay. All right, and that's going to be a ten. Okay. 
So the situation is safe unless changed significantly. So in kind of the chaos, uh, you you grab everyone up, um, you know, pulling them qu- up quickly and take off booking it um, towards the outpost. And uh, when you turn around, they are no, no longer following you. Fucking baller. Greetings, dear listener, from beyond space and time. I am the Game Master. Every episode, I like to take a second to appear, hat in hand, to ask for a little bit of financial support. If you enjoy what we do, please consider becoming a subscriber at patreon.com slash roll underscore warriors. This really is a ton of work that the whole crew puts in for every episode, and your contributions could help make it even better. $5 a month is all it takes to become a patron, and we do have some bonus episodes available for backers and the opportunities to suggest what you would like for us to do for our next bonus episode. I've begun the process of mastering and polishing the vast collection of music from Season 1 of Roll Warriors into something of an album. Now, the final product won't include everything that I composed for the season, but I have selected tracks that I felt could stand alone as music worth listening to. Keep an eye out for more information in the future about the release date and place for this album. I will most likely be creating a deluxe version of the album as a Patreon exclusive, which will include more tracks and perhaps even more goodies, so be sure to subscribe today. If money is tight right now, which I totally get, consider following us on Twitter at Roll Warriors and sharing us with your friends and family. Word of mouth is a really powerful tool and you could help us out immensely just by getting your friends listening as well. That just about wraps up the ads, so I will let you get back to the episode. You guys have traveled another hour, hour and a half, and uh, approach where you think the outpost like is, um, and you have noticed the the sun has set. On this planet, or the the star that lights this planet has set, uh, so it's gotten very dark, and um, you can you can hear the wind kind of picking up as a, a storm is rolling in from like the west, which is just like over your right shoulder, and you can see like big bolts of purple electrical energy kind of striking the planet from this far-off storm. Well, I uh, don't like the look of that. Let's, uh... Can we pick up the pace? Where's this uh, base we're supposed to be looking for? And Lorena says, according to the, uh... According to the scans, it should be at the bottom of this ravine. And kind of points in a direction. Alright, well, lead the way. Let's move quickly. Come on, folks, let's go. All right. Right behind you. This building sits at the bottom of a ravine. It is a simple and ugly concrete structure that rises from the ground like a beacon of safety. On the roof of the structure is a large, long-barreled silver rifle mounted to a tripod. Around the side of the building, you notice that a large bay door appears to be open. An object in this doorway sits under a tarp, which billows aggressively in the wind. No lights can be seen from within. Hmm. Lorena, what do you make of this? It, uh... Looks powered down to me. 
Let's see if we can find your people in there. Let's hope so, but I'm starting to have my doubts that they're here. We need shelter from the storm either way. Um, but I suggest we move quietly. Who knows what could be in here? Agreed. So you approach uh, this open hangar bay. Um, it appears to have been left in disarray. Tools lie out and exposed. Fueling tubes crisscross the hangar, dropped there haphazardly, and left a dozen rusted metal crates of rations are still stacked against a far wall. There are doors leading further in, although with the storm picking up outside and no internal light, it is hard to see what lies beyond them. There's also this very large object sitting in the middle of the um, hangar under a tarp. Can I uh, flick like a light on on the helmet on our... Oh. Yeah, yeah, you've got like, little, suits, right? little lights. It's enough to see ahead of you. I'm going to um, walk up to this uh, tarped thing and uh, flick my lights on and take a look at it and pull the tarp, try to pull the tarp off. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the tarp is, uh, it's, it's tied down, um, but with like enough force, you're kind of able to just like get it off of the center of this object and then it all comes crashing down, uh, on one side, kicking up dust and everything underneath is a, it looks like a ship of some sort. It's like got these two, uh, sets of almost like bird or dragonfly wings on both sides of it. Um, it's got these large landing uh, rails or skis on the bottom of it, and then a, a kind of like oblong cockpit. But there's like panels open on it uh, and and stuff exposed and probably things missing. Well, uh, this looks serviceable what do we uh what do we think about it lorena says huh they had an ornithopter here well they must have left it because it was in disarray does it work judging by what's missing um not currently but i don't know there's there's enough equipment lying around here they it, we could I could probably repair it if I had enough time. All right, gang. Looks like we need to go check this out. Um, let's split up let's and look for ahead. clues. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, a Scooby-Doo episode. Um, let's, uh... Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, check out this, this facility. I'd be interested to see if they have any... Uh, um, medical equipment that is uh, beyond our science. I'm still thinking about getting our uh, extra set of hands who's uh, taking an extra long snooze. Yeah, I saw I saw that uh, that guy. I don't know. I assumed he was napping, but you say he's uh, he's sick. Yeah, um, Gregory has a uh, a very advanced. Uh, blood illness is uh it's an autoimmune response that's causing his uh body to destroy its own uh blood cells uh, which is not good we're supposed to keep those moving so yeah i i we're 
com- we're both different species, but I, I have blood too, and it generally should be, you know, in the body working and doing stuff. Doing what it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little beyond my, uh, my know-how, but uh, actively right now, if uh, we were to take him out of his cryopod, he would die within a day. So we need, uh, if we can find something that could help him out here, that would be great. Well, the, by the looks of this place, um, it doesn't look like a military installation, so could be a science outpost. Let's hope. So there is, um, there are three uh, doorways in this hangar, uh, a one on the left, one on the right, and one kind of like to the back past the ration crates. It looks like there's stairs that go up. Ooh, I want to go through that door. You want to go up? Mm-hmm. That's okay. where I'm going. All right, that's where that's where Rune is going, regardless of who goes with her. <laughs> yup. All right. She has made up her mind. So, um, up the stairs you go. You've got your uh, suit lights illuminating your path, um, and when you get to, when you get to the top. This looks like some sort of command center. A large circular table with ten short-backed metal chairs sit in the middle uh, of the room. The center of this table has the same fishbowl lens fixed in an upward-facing direction that you saw in the derelict. Around the edges of the room are various consoles with dead controls. And near the door on the right-hand side is a ladder leading up to a hatch in the roof. Um... I just want to start playing with the controls and seeing if I can, like, get this place turned on or figure out what's going on. Okay. Throw my cat across the room. You know, normal stuff. Is that four? It's four. Wow, damn. I am not keeping track. My cat's Uh, being a real bitch. For the listeners at home. <laughs> All right, so it sounds like to me you want to use. You got like a couple of choices here. Um, you can either go for uh, unearth forgotten lore, or you can attempt to um, uh, to uh, unleash power. Um, I want to go with unleash power. That is eight. I'm going to go with the device does exactly what I wanted. And I avoid the device's side effects. You are kind of like just check, trying, trying buttons and switches uh, on these consoles uh, until you notice that one is it's kind of just like um like a clear like toggle switch. Uh, you know the one. And uh, it's illuminated with just like this kind of like red blinking light. And you, you go, ah! And you flip it. And then um, the, the lights on this uh, in this command center power up and uh, everywhere in the facility lights start turning on. Um, 
you guys still in the hangar hear like this blaring kind of just like annoying cacophonous music start playing over the <laughs> over the intercom in the hangar and um over the sound of the noise of like the noisy music you hear a like a kind of a crashing sound come from uh the left hand side of the outpost okay um i'm gonna go investigate that sound uh you are the not the closest person to it does someone closer want to investigate that sound because you probably didn't even hear it is what i'm saying i don't know what's going on you know you just turned on the power samson you gonna go yeah i'm gonna go check it out all right anyone going with i'm gonna go to um Surfage is gonna okay. cock her gun. Alright, Lorena is sticking to the hangar. Um, she's trying to figure out the door controls uh, to shut the, the hangar bay to the outside environment now that the power's back. And um, so you two uh, cock your guns and kind of slowly enter um, this this room here it's a lab of sorts collects dust in front of you there are at least 14 shelves stacked to the brim with test tubes and vials some of the contents of these tubes have evaporated over time and others hardened into solid solid resin one shelf on the right has toppled over its contents shattered and chemicals from long ago leave stains on the floor Against the far wall, you can see one glass case illuminated from within with untouched vials filled to the gills. Before you can approach, you hear a small whipping noise in the air, and several small objects on low shelves clatter to the ground. Mm. Hmm. Yuhuan, it uh, appears that we're not alone. Indeed, it seems. So, Swordfish is going to duck behind whatever is duck behind a bowl. Just kind of like slowly crouch forward into into the horde. Okay, Samson, what are you doing? Uh, I am slowly creeping directly towards where the sound came from with my uh, rifle ready to go. Primed, primed and ready. All right, the creature is going to um, is going to leap at samson uh from behind this shelf uh, now that you can see one of these gauzex up close you can make out more of its features reflective orb eyes catch the ambient light and glow a fluorescent yellow lean sinewy bodies glisten with exertion as all muscles fire in synchrony with each other and a maw of saw teeth and two large mandibles spell a mouth capable of instant evisceration. This thing leaps talons forward uh, at you, Samson. I think Yuhuan is the only one that has time to react. Uh, okay, can I fiercely assault and start shooting at its ugly, orbular, aimful, aimforable eyes? Sure. Okay, I rolled a uh, 11. Okay, so you choose two and I choose uno. Okay, so I'm going to first one cause the horrible harm and dismay. And second one. 
I'm gonna choose Avenue of Escape as clear, so me and Samson can withdraw if possible. Okay. Uh, I mean, the Avenue of Escape being clear, it you know you are your back is to the door right now. Um, you have this thing between the door and the wall, so behind you is your Avenue of Escape. Um, I am going to choose mine, and it doesn't really say that I have to tell you what it is. So, so there you go. Um, I have choosed mine, and uh, so you inflict savage, terrifying, harm, frightening, and dismaying your foe. Um, you hit this thing uh, kind of between its two or its two front sets of legs um, as it leaps into the air at Samson and uh, the the force of this like you know green lightning blast shoots it into the wall of uh, shelves behind it and creates kind of a domino effect as things just come clattering down uh, to the ground and it does uh, it does get up after a second and kind of like limpingly sort of like encircle and look for like a way to get to the door. I'm going to try to defuse it um, using force and try to kill it. Using force to try to kill it sort of doesn't sound like de-escalating, but go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> it says intimidation or physical exertion. Yeah. I could, well, like, intimidation, I'm assuming, is more just like, go, go on, get. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could just do a fiercely assault, but that still doesn't like necessarily kill it though does it um you never know you never know all right well i'm gonna shoot it regardless so i guess we'll just go with that fiercely assaulted all right well that is a 10 so all right uh yeah we're gonna inflict some more harm on this thing and then get information from our foes Okay. Get plus one data. Oh, yeah, yeah you're going to get one data, uh, and it inflicts savage, terrifying harm. Okay. So, uh, what is going to happen here is you you kind of look around quickly um, at it, uh, at the way that it's, like, holding itself now that it's wounded, what it's protecting, um, and uh, you realize it's kind of, like, staying very low. Uh, so it it must have like a weaker underside, and so uh, you kind of like you kind of like kick it to get it to to get it to like kind of move back, and then uh, and then shoot it in its stomach um, to try to finish the job. It will get a uh, bite on your leg uh, as you you know, kick forward. So you are going to take uh, one harm from this like mandible kind of uh, piercing, piercing your suit a little bit and getting skin. But once it's gotten the second shot in the stomach, it, uh, it kind of crumples down and, and curls up into a ball and does not get up again. Serves you right. Uh, 
Yeah, Rune, uh, you have definitely heard the <laughs> the loud commotion at this point. Okay, so I'm gonna go find out what's going on. You see them standing over a dead uh, Gauzek and a lab that is just in fucking tatters at this point. The only thing that has not been sort of obliterated by this fight is the is the kind of illuminated uh, locked glass case. Well, I'm going to try to unlock this case. Okay. Don't, don't worry about us. It's fine. <laughs> We're all good. You you killed the thing. Oh, you're fine. I want to know what's in this locked case. I just love it. Rune just walks into the room and says, that, that, that happened. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. Um, so, how do I unlock a case? I'm going to break the lock. You're going to fiercely assault I'm gonna it? I'm going to fiercely assault the lock. Okay. Oof. That's going to be a five. I'll come over and do, like, a help action. Okay. What are you doing to help? Ooh, that's a tool. Uh, I'm also just gonna hit it. Take turns. It's like butts of the gun, just... Yeah, just... <laughs> I I rolled a 12. Okay, alrighty then. <laughs> Fucking Look special over here. Um, with your damn huge-ass fiercely assault rolls. Okay. You know what to do. Maybe we'll just do the gain a device and then gain a data. Okay. All right. Um, so, okay, cool. Uh, the G From the GM list, someone or something uh, important to you is harmed. Uh, when you, I think Rune thinks that you have the lock broken, goes to open it, and <laughs> you smack down the gun um, on the, onto their hand, and, and so Rune, you just like pull it back, and you've got like a... Like a cut, an abrasion in your uh, knuckles. What the fuck, Samson? It wasn't open yet. <sighs> what are you doing grabbing this stuff? Oh my god. Pay attention. I don't I'm know what to tell to you. I'm trying to get into the case. I'm trying to get into the case. <laughs> well, it's open now, so come on. Yeah, the door is kind of sitting like just ajar now. Um, there is... A an object sitting uh, kind of like on a lower shelf. So like all the top shelves are just like it's a wall of essentially of these vials of different liquids inside of them. Uh, and you kind of get cold air as you as you finally break this case open as if it's refrigerated back here. Um, the object in question is it kind of looks a little bit like a like a gun, but um, there is a there is a like a big open slot, approximately vial sized, and a a large needle at the end of the kind of barrel. And the data, and the data, well, is one data. You know, it doesn't need to be a quant. It doesn't need to be a thing. It's just one data. Right. Rune, what do you uh, what do you make of this thing? I really don't know. Maybe Lorena would be able to tell us. Hmm. Did not yeah. come with us, so I'm going to start calling out for her. You, you, you call out for Lorena. You hear 
um, the garage door or the hangar door, like kind of creaking shut. Uh, and, the, and then Lorena p- pokes around the corner and says, what's going on in, uh, oh, wow. A lot of stuff happened while I was closing that hangar door, huh? So we're sure that that's all of them that are in here. Uh, yeah, Sarf- on the floor. Yeah, Sarf and she was has been scouring around, checking nits and crannies while Samson and Arun were busting the lock. Okay, so other are you in other rooms or are you just in this room? Yeah, yeah, other rooms. I'm just kind of going around. Okay, making making sure there's nothing else to kill. All right, so um. There's definitely nothing else. Uh, You come across um, a room you suspect to be like an armory. Uh, It's been picked clean. There's only scraps and wires lying abandoned in the bottoms of ammo crates on top of dusty shelves and under hard slab bunks. Um, There's like 10 of them in this room. Uh, There's also some bathrooms on both sides. There's like a there's a a big shower in here, but it's not a shower that you'd be familiar with. If you went into this room, you're like, what is this? What purpose does this serve? I'm not sure. But to you, the player, I'm saying it's a, it's a shower. Okay. But no more, no more Gauzex hiding in the, hiding in the uh, outpost. Can I do a thing? Okay. I was wondering, can we scavenge corpses? Uh, I mean... I guess I don't, I don't know what it would I guess it would be um or unearth forgotten lore. Okay. Um what I want to do is rip out that Galzax voice box and see if I can use a tech to construct it into like a collar. Okay. Well, read the uh read the questions under unearth forgotten lore cuz you get to ask a question. It's it's kind of a it says, I have to roll uh-huh. and then ask questions. Yep. I rolled a nine. I have to add my lore oh, okay. point, which makes it a 10. Okay. So it's a 10. You get to ask three uh, and you'll get a point of data. So whoever's keeping track okay. of data, keep, keep that in mind. We have five data after all of this. Yeah, this was supposed to be a, you know. Good episode for this one. My first question is, how can I turn it to my advantage? And I want it to rip out his voice box and construct it into a sort of, like, collar, just in case we encounter more to, like, throw it off or confuse them. Yeah, it's kind of got, like, an interesting uh, bone structure in the throat that um, you can kind of, like, it's cut gross, but you can put your mouth to and make a make a kind of a mimic call. Yeah, I was thinking kind of like play it like an ocarina. <laughs> I'm gonna play your throat like an ocarina. I was gonna say probably more like a bagpipe. Oh yeah, it probably is like a bagpipe. If it has those guttural <laughs> cries, I can see it. Uh, all right, you get two more questions. Um. I was going to say, where is it drawing power from? Yeah, you can ask, you can answer it. Or if you don't, if you don't want to answer it, I can, you can pass it to me as well. Yeah. Where is it drawing power from? 
so it's got uh you cut into this thing more and uh you see that this thing has like a dual heart like it's got two hearts that are now pretty charred but uh at one time served as a like a dual circulatory system so this thing could pump out some major blood okay so this thing has two hearts i'm guessing and i guess this is just a question that kind of goes inside where it's drawing power is its heart under the soft belly so can its heart be punctured from underneath yeah what dangers is it hiding like what else can this thing do Okay, so um, you're you go back up to like the the mouth area, and you're like inspecting these mandibles. You kind of pull them apart, like uh, in opposite directions, like you pull a wishbone, and uh, this thing, a like needle, kind of comes out of its mouth, and uh, there there seems to be like a substance on its on the end of it. Maybe a poison of some sort. Okay, can I take my vibrating knife and coat it in whatever the substance is? Uh, I mean, you can try, I guess. This would be more of like a unleash power at a later date. Alright, so now that you've fully fucking dismembered the shit out of this dead Gauzek, um, you have power on in the in the uh the facility you you've killed the the danger that's present in the in the building there's nobody else here that much is clear from from your kind of scouting is that is that this place seems uh, pretty abandoned and you would gather that it was like a ha- a hasty retreat from the fact that there's like just crates of rations still sitting out um they didn't like clean things up or uh there's like a you know a few data pads that you've picked up that count towards you know your data uh that are just like indicate that this was a um more of a scientific outpost they were they were specifically like analyzing uh alien bloods to see if they could cure illnesses that uh the empire has has put out there to harm other life. So, is any of this usable, um, Lorena? Uh, she kind of, like, goes over to the glass case and kind of pours through some of this stuff. She says, well, first let me say this isn't my area of expertise. I have a basic, basic medical acumen, but I'm really more in uh, involved in you know, electronics and engineering, but these vials uh, contain blood from at least six different species of aliens. You, if you wanted to take them with you, they're they're just going to go bad here. Uh, we might as well. Hmm. Uh, if it, if yeah. they're blood samples, I mean- could synth- try to synthesize something from it, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, whatever you guys want to do, it's, uh, you, you really do need a leg up in this, in this sector of space, because you don't know anything about anything. Thanks. 
I, I, you know, I'm sorry. That's just the truth. I'm not. I'm not being rude, be, trying to be rude here. No, I know. I know. It just stings a little bit. Uh, yeah. Speaking of stinging, do we have to go back out there? I mean, we're gonna have to get back on our ship eventually, and sooner rather than later would maybe be the way to go. Yeah, I mean, whoever's here obviously left for a reason, and I don't know if I want to stick around and find out what that reason was. I second that notion. Um, okay, I guess we did run into that ship thing. Uh, should we try and see if we can get it working now that the power's back on? That's a good idea. That might get us safely off world, and then we could um, dock onto our ship from space. As you guys are talking, you kind of hear um, just like like an ambient noise all of a sudden that you didn't notice before. Um, it is just like the kind of rather loud wind slapping against the walls of this this outpost. Uh, every now and then there's a, a a roll of thunder as the storm that that was, you know, cascading across the horizon has has now hit you. Yeah. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. Well, I guess we have nothing to do but look around. Let's see if we can salvage anything. Like, I guess all the weapons have been picked clean, but maybe there's information on that group you're looking for hidden somewhere else. Yeah, Uh, it's certainly worth a look around. There's beds back back in the armory. There's food rations in the hangar. And I think I spotted a shower, which I would be remiss to pass up, given how I don't really fit in yours. Touche. Well, um, I didn't see anything that really looked like a shower, but you would know. Yeah. Anyone's welcome to come come with. It's big enough for, well, this the entire outpost of, of people here. Surfon G just stares at Rune. Rune is looking at literally anything but Lorena. I'm just gonna go and check the rest of this place out. You guys, uh, just let me know when everybody's done. I'll go take my shower by myself. Your species seems very squeamish. And and Lorena's, like, just, like, kind of, like, peeling parts of their their uniform off as they walk towards the shower. What happens if we open a door during the storm? Well, who are you asking? Because <laughs> she just she just went off to take a shower. That that was Demi asking asking you what ha- or what happens if we like try to open a door? My answer is fuck around, find out. Find out. <laughs> That's kind of, okay. Surfungi has this reckless plan that she wants to try. You also have harm to take care of. Yeah, I know. I'm overwhelmed. And and in my overwhelmedness, I kind of I kind of wanted to test a theory that I had. Surfungi is has some type of plan that she's trying to see if it works. Um mostly out of boredom, but mostly out of maybe obtaining a super cool new weapon. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, not really 
caring about the consequences, just kind of testing, testing her curiosity. So we're going to, we see them kind of uh, just sneak away from, uh, from everybody else and uh, sort of like gather up a few pieces of equipment and, and head in the direction of the roof. Um, Rune, what is Rune doing during the storm? Um, Rune is going to be, uh, sort of experimenting with these blood samples that we found in conjunction with anything else I can find in the medical bay to, um, figure out what I can figure out about blood diseases and possibly formulate some sort of cure or treatment for Gregory's condition. Okay. Yeah. Rune goes into the... Like, th- considers just ha- for a half second following Lorena to see what this shower situation's about, but then decides uh, to play it safe and goes into the lab um, to start messing with uh, blood and, like, looking at this, you know, these data pads and pouring over data and stuff. Samson. Uh, I have returned to the hangar to start inspecting the uh ship that is sitting there okay so so yeah you you kind of start uh looking around at the ship um you can go in it too it does have like a like a hatch yeah we'll go ahead and check it out um so that's what you all are doing at the moment that doesn't mean that there isn't more that you can do while the storm's still going on uh but that's just how we're gonna how we're gonna uh end things we pull away from the from the outpost into a stormy uh desert environment where um you know lightning is striking the ground constantly the wind is uh picking up dust and debris and blowing it wildly and we see uh at the top of the the ravine that you guys descended to to get to the outpost the pack of Gauzex has sort of reconnected and um, are staring down at the outpost, which now has some lights appearing in the in you know windows and uh, various things. So that is that is where we'll leave this episode. <laughs>